Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. about the fall and redemption of man and woman. You understand when the Bible says man or mankind, he's talking about the entire human race. He's yes. talking about male and female alike. So don't feel slighted if I just say, you know, mankind or man or something like that. It includes everybody. Amen? Amen. So we established a few things last Sunday when we were talking about the Word of God. And one of the things we established is that although the the, the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40-some different writers. There was only one author, and that author is God. God wrote the Bible. Yes. And the Bible is God's Word, and that means that this Bible is 100% true, 100% accurate, and 100% without error. There's no errors in the Bible. Amen. Not one jot or tittle, not one period, comma, or anything that God wrote is out of place. And it is the, the word of God that is the most powerful force in the universe. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 tells us that it is the living word of God which is alive, active, and full of energy. Alive, active, and full of energy. And that's what separates it from every other book that's ever been written. This is the living word of God, active, powerful, full of energy, and able to change you and change your life. Yeah. And remember, we said this is God speaking to us. It's a personal letter from God. When you're reading this Bible, he's speaking to you. Amen? Amen. People say all the time, well, I wish I could hear from God as much as you hear from God. Well, you can. All you got to do is open this word and read it. Amen. Every time you open this word and read it, you are hearing from God. Amen. And God has given Jesus a name that is above every name, as it tells us in Ephesians 1. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Jesus' name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow to the glory of the Father. And so... Yet, according to Psalms 138, verse 2, the integrity of God's word is esteemed even above his name. That's saying a lot. The psalmist said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word, thy truth, above all your name. Hallelujah. So, God's, in, the integrity of God's word is even more important than his name. Amen. 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 Yes. I mean, if we caught God in one lie, of course, he's not a man that he should lie. That's right. And, and we'll never catch him in a lie. But if we caught right. him in just one little white lie, just one little deception, one little uh, half truth, we'd have to throw the whole Bible away. Yeah. If we can't trust him in one thing, we can't trust him in anything else. Amen? Amen. 
And unfortunately, that's the way it is with people. Amen. I, I know I've only been preaching two minutes and I'm meddling already. But in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, we looked at it last week and it said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, man and woman, his creation, have dominion over all the works of his hand. Dominion. He not only created us in his likeness and his image, but he gave us dominion yes, over the entire earth. Amen. Jesus said in John 4, 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God's a spirit. He's a triune being, a trinity. Yes. He's three, three gods in one, one God in three. Yes. It's plurality in unity. Yes. E pluribus unum. That's what it says on our money. Yes. That's plurality in unity. Amen. He's talking about the Trinity. And since we're made in his image and likeness, then we're also a triune spirit being. Yes. 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul tells us in chapter 5, verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord. So there it is right there. Spirit, soul, and body. God's a triune being. He yes. created us in his image and likeness. We are yes. also triune beings. We are a trinity. Three separate and distinct yes. entities just like our Father. Yes. We're made in his image and likeness. So we can say it this way. I'm a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Yes. That's all three of us. Amen. Yes. Amen. And not only that, but God likes to do things in threes. So you give us a soul that yes. consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions. Yes. Another triune uh, quality. But let's look at the actual creation of man in the Genesis account. Now, I'm still teaching you on a man in Christ. But you will never understand your worth and your value as being a man or a woman in Christ until you understand the creation and how valuable and important you are to your creator, who is our Father God. Yes. So uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now Eve wasn't created like this. Eve was created out of Adam. Yes. God took a rib and created Eve, his helpmate, his wife, and God performed the first marriage ever in the history of mankind. And uh, when God breathed into his nostrils, Adam's nostrils, that body of clay that he formed from the ground, he breathed into him his spirit. He breathed into him his life. Not only life, but Zoe life. The God kind of life. God took a big breath in heaven, came down here for man, and exhaled into man. And man became a living being, a living soul. So we talked about the theory of evolution last week, and I don't want to spend any time on it, but if we believe God's word as the 
only authority in the world, in the universe, then there's no way that we could believe the theory of evolution. And we said that let God be true and every man a liar. You cannot hear something or read something that a man said that's contrary to God's word and believe it. You're either going to believe God's word or you're going to believe man's word. Or you do a little bit of both and you just be one confused, mixed up person. Amen. God's word is true. We established that. This Bible is God's word. There's no errors in it. There's no discrepancies in it. There's no contradictions in it. Amen. So if God said we were formed from the ground and he breathed life into us, that's the end of the story. You should never have another thought about evolution. Amen. God didn't come, or Adam didn't come uh, or evolve from an ape or a monkey or crawl out of the water and grow legs and develop and evolve from that. That's all a bunch of hogwash. Amen. God tells us how we were made. He formed us from the dust of the, the ground and breathed into our nostrils his very life, yes. so a life, and man became a living soul, a living being. So he's taken from the earth, formed by God, life was breathed into him by God, and Adam immediately stood to his feet. And he walked like God, he talked like God, he looked like God, amen? He didn't evolve. He, he didn't, it wasn't all, you know, just a little here and a little there, you know, and he just grew from an embryo or all. No, he was formed in completion and perfection. And he had his father's love, he had his father's glory, he had his father's honor, and he exercised his father's dominion. Immediately, soon as he, soon as God breathed into him, he stood to his feet and became all those things. And it was God's desire to have close fellowship with his creation. Adam was his son. Not to confuse you, but Jesus was his only begotten son. Adam was his created son. But it was his son nonetheless. Read the read the account of the uh, uh, what do they call that uh, the beat. No, 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 no. I can't think of it now. But anyway, uh, if you read the genealogy, it will end with and Adam was the son of God. So Adam was God's son. So it's God's desire that he have close fellowship and communion with his son. So God would come down every day in the cool of the day and he would walk with his son in the garden. I don't know if he walked with him or not. Probably so. The Bible doesn't bear it out. But can you imagine the conversations that they must have had? I mean, the questions that Adam asked. Not only the questions he asked, but the answers that he got from the smartest person in the universe. Can you imagine the things he learned from his father? Talking to him every day in the garden, conversing with God on a personal uh, level. Do you know we could do that? We can converse with God every day on a personal level. God's a personal person. He's a personal guy, and he loves to have fellowship with his children. But anyway, uh, you know, my kids have called me you know, lovingly, a know-it-all from time to time. You know, a know-it-all father. Ask dad, he knows it all. And, and uh, but in this case, 
Adam's father is truly a know-it-all. He knows everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. Amen? And he would answer any question Adam had. So anyway, Adam broke fellowship with his father and lost all of that when he disobeyed the one commandment his father gave him and sinned against him. How many commandments have we got? One. All we got to do is obey one commandment, that is to walk in love. Amen? As long as we walk in love, we will have fellowship with the Father. If there's ever a broken fellowship, guess who broke it? And guess what caused him to break it? Sin. Disobedience. So, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes, but if you walk in love, God is pleased with you. Amen? Amen. So anyway... Uh, Adam didn't catch God by surprise when he disobeyed and, and partook of that fruit in the garden. God knew it was going to happen. That's why the Bible says he had a plan for redemption from the foundations of the earth. You know, God knew, Adam, you're going to blow it. I know you are. But you, we have to go through this to get to the place that we originally started and want to be in the end. And so God had this wonderful plan to bring his man back into fellowship with him because when Adam sinned, he died spiritually. And that is our only connection with God is in the spirit. Flesh and blood can't connect with God. Flesh and blood can't talk to God. We have to communicate with him in the spirit. That's our connection with God. If you're spiritually dead, then you can't communicate with God. Amen? It's important for us to... Uh, understand the importance of our spirit because that's the real us we're a spirit person living in a body with a soul so God sends his only begotten son to the earth as a second Adam for a do-over hallelujah everybody likes to have a do-over when you mess up amen so he came to restore and redeem everything that Adam lost and he had to come as a man he couldn't do it as God because Adam was a man and lost it as a man, Jesus had to come as a man and get it back as a man. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 15, 44, it talks about a spiritual and a natural body. Paul says, it is sown a natural body. In other words, when you die and you're buried in the ground, you're sown like a seed as a natural body. But it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And verse 45 says, And so it is written, The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So the first Adam, a living soul. The last Adam, a living spirit. That's the contrast. And the first Adam was natural. The second Adam was spiritual. The first Adam was earthly. The second Adam was heavenly. The first Adam was only a man. Bam, this is where we separate because the second Adam was both man and God. Man and God. Amen? And I told you before, it wasn't a 50-50 blend. He was all man, all God, but he did nothing as God while he was on this earth. He did everything as a man anointed of God, anointed of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and Jesus went about uh, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. 
In other words, he went forth in the power and the anointing of God and did everything that he did as an anointed man. Amen? Never did anything as God. Even when he performed miracles and healed people, he did it as a man anointed by God. So that means we should be able to do some of these things. Amen? Uh, Jesus said that the works that I do shall you do also in greater works than thee because I go to my Father. Greater works because we do them on a larger scale. There was only one Jesus walking the earth. He could only be in one place at one time. But now that he's gone to the Father and sent the Holy Ghost, there's millions of little Jesuses all over the earth. And this is how we do a greater work. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we don't understand what it is to be a spirit. And the reason we don't is because our thinking has been polluted by Hollywood and Disneyland and all the movies and junk that come from them and the stories, you know. When somebody says spirit or ghost, we, th we think of Casper the Friendly Ghost or some spirit floating around scaring people. Amen. Uh, that's why a lot of ministers won't use the word Holy Ghost. It spooks people. They use the word Holy Spirit. But the King James says Holy Ghost. I say Holy Ghost because I understand what a ghost is in the Bible. It's a pneuma. It's a spirit. Amen. It's a spirit being. And so we have to get this Hollywood junk out of our heads and start thinking on a higher level. Start thinking the way God does. Spirit bodies are as real as they can possibly be. A spirit body is real. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. You're living in this body. And when this body dies and the spirit departs and goes to be with the Lord, you will look exactly like you look in this body. You, you will have a spirit body. And uh, it's like God and the angels have. And yet they're tangible and materialized. And there are a lot of different scriptures describing spiritual bodies and their appearances throughout the Bible. So there's no doubt about it. A spirit has a materialized body. God is a person with a spirit body. In order to qualify for personhood or to be a person, you have to have a mind, a will, and emotions. You have to have a soul. And so the, the Bible proves that out from Genesis to Revelation. God has all these things. He is a person with a spiritual body. And uh, uh, he, he, he has a soul like we do. And like that of man, except that his body is of spirit substance instead of flesh and bone. We have a flesh and bone body. But uh, his is a spiritual body, but it has substance. And the Bible tells us that we're made in God's image and likeness. So he has a personal spirit body shape and form that bears resemblance to us. And we bear resemblance to him. And as you read your Bible, you'll discover that God has physical body parts. He told Moses, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, I'll pass by you, and you'll see my, I'll cover your face, and you'll see my hinder parts. You'll see my back. Amen? God has a back. God has a heart. He has arms, hands, fingers, lips, tongues, eyes, or a tongue, eyes, ears, hair, head, face, loins, lungs, and other physical parts. They're mentioned in the Bible. He has a bodily presence 
that goes from place to place like any other person would. He has a voice, breath, and countenance. He wears clothes, he eats, he rests, he dwells in a mansion, and he's in a city located on a material planet called heaven. He sits on a throne, walks, talks, laughs, and cries. God is a person. He's a spirit, but he's a person. And we're made in his image and likeness, plus he gave us dominion over all the earth, every creeping thing. And the condition was that man's spirit had to stay in fellowship with God in order to be able to exercise this dominion. And when you are not connected to God and you are not uh, reborn or born again, you have no dominion. Amen. You try and you fail. And you try again and you fail. Yep. And until you, you're born again and you're connected, reconnected with God and your spirit is feeding from his spirit and feeding from the word and growing stronger every day, until that happens, you will never exercise dominion, uh, not only of the earth, but not even of yourself. Amen. That's the first place you exercise dominion yes. is over yourself. Yes. Your yes. mind, your will, your emotions, your flesh. Yes. Man is a spirit, and his dominion comes from his spirit. And, you know, we can't exercise dominion in the flesh. Man has tried this since the beginning of time. Somebody's always trying to conquer somebody in the flesh, but they only have a temporary authority. They only have a temporary dominion. But our dominion is permanent. As long as we're connected to God in the spirit, as long as we're in fellowship with God in the spirit, Amen. we have dominion yes. over ourselves. Now, our dominion should be exercised and influenced by the Holy Spirit yes. that's also dwelling inside of us, guiding us, leading us into all truth, empowering us, anointing us. But your soul, your flesh, and your spirit are so closely tied together that you can't hardly tell them apart. And you know what? It's necessary to be able to tell them apart because sometimes you have to say, is this my mind speaking? Or is this my spirit? Or is this God communicating to me in my spirit? And, and there's a lot of times, and you know, am I acting because I heard from God? In my spirit, or am I acting because I'm emotional about something? Come on. Is this my will, or is this God's will? That's right. So it's hard to tell the difference between them every now and then. Yes. But that's why we have the Word of God. Yes. The Word of God is the one that separates. Yes. You know, for the Word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. If I get in the word, it will separate my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions from my spirit. Yes. Now I know I'm hearing from my Hallelujah. spirit. Yep. Now I know that that was just my mind yes. and some weird wish I had, and I'm going to cast it down because I'm going with what the spirit said. That's right. The word is what separates those yes. from Amen. each other, and we have to be able to do that. Uh, we have to be able to separate our mind, our, our will, and our emotions from the spirit, which is connected with God, because God is speaking to us through our spirit, not yes. your mind, not your will, and not your emotions. That's now, right. you can get emotional, yeah. 
Your mind can get excited, but that's not the rule. That's not the law. Your spirit is the rule, and your spirit is the law. Amen? Amen. So when I'm not sure, I go to the word. That's right. And that word will divide and separate. Yes. So I know that I know that I know. Amen? Amen. Amen. So one of the first things, like I said, that you have to exercise dominion over is your soul and your flesh. I'm not saying you can't have wild thoughts. I'm not saying that you might not will something that the Father doesn't will for your life. Because Jesus even did that. And that's why he had to come in conjunction. Jesus didn't want to go to the whipping post. He didn't want to go to the cross. But he said, after he prayed through, and an angel came and strengthened him, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. So at that point in time, Jesus must have had a different will than the Father. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as you come to the right conclusion and yield to his will. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And you have emotions. God gave us emotions. But yeah. you know what? They need to be controlled. Amen. Come on. Like the motion of fear, yeah, you're going to get scared at times. You're going to feel an emotion of fear. You're going to feel an emotion of grief, depression. Uh, you're going to feel all kinds of emotions because God gave us those. Yeah. Emotions warn us of impending dangers. Like when you get that chill up your back and, and you fear, all of a sudden this fear comes on you, it's for a reason. God's warning you of something. Yes. There's an impending danger. But unless you get control of that fear, you're not going to be able to act on that danger. Amen? Amen. Look at Congressional uh, Medal of Honor winners and Silver Star recipients and uh, heroes throughout not only the military, but even, you know, heroes in our communities that do daring things and stuff. It's not that they're not afraid. They are. But they got control of that fear right. and then was able to do something. Amen? Amen. Yes. The one that can't get a tr control of their fears uh, is never going to be able to function properly. Amen? Amen. So we have to be able to control our emotions, and it's the Spirit of God that helps us to do that. Yes. And we said last week that you got to feed your spirit. Your spirit has to be stronger than your natural man or your flesh man. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be led and controlled by your flesh all your life. Yes. Be led and, and controlled by your emotions, by uh, doing the thing you want to do rather than the thing that God wants to do, you know, and violating his will to fulfill your will yes. and letting your mind run amok and think of all kinds of crazy things. And all it's going to do is, like I said, is cause confusion yes. and lead you in the wrong direction. Yes. You don't want your flesh leading you. I don't think I have to tell you some of the places the flesh will take you, do it? It will take you anywhere, do anything yes. if you let it. Amen. So that's why it's important to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why it's so important we spend time in God's presence, that we spend time in God's word feeding our spirit, yes. that we spend time in prayer uh, developing and strengthening our spirit and our yes. relationship with God yes. because then we can start exercising dominion on a righteous level, yes. on a bold level because yes. you know you're living in righteousness with yes. God. And so you can exercise dominion boldly. Yeah. It's like when you know you're right. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> but your spirit man is the part of you that connects with God. It's the part of you that is most like God than anything else. And we make that connection in the spirit. The, the spirit man, the real you, 
the one that Paul calls the inward man, the man of the heart is the part that is most like God. Yeah. That's the image and likeness we were made in. And the spirit man has to be fed just like the physical man. And I'm not just talking about physical food that, you know, makes us unhealthy and makes us overweight. And so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you feeding your flesh the things that it wants to do. Come on. Not, not uh, controlling your flesh. Yes. Not, like Paul says, buffeting your flesh every day. Beating it into subjection. Yes. Telling your flesh no once in a while. That's you keep right. telling your flesh, yes, we will, yes, we will, yes, we will. Instead of no, we won't, no, we won't, no, we won't. Then your flesh will run amok and lead you into wrong places. So we don't want to feed the flesh. We want to starve the flesh, feed the spirit. Because the spirit is what's going to make us strong. The spirit is what's going to give us dominion. And the spirit is what's going to uh, lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In John 4:31 through 34, the disciples were urging Jesus to have a meal. He was at the, the well talking to the woman at the well. And they said, Rabbi, teacher, eat. But he told them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So this, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? See, he said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That word will is synonymous with the word. So his food is to do the word of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. That's what, that was Jesus's food. God's word was Jesus's food. And he would feed on that rather than feed on natural food to, to supply the flesh. He ate once in a while, but he did a lot of fasting. We know he went at least 40 days and 40 nights without any physical food. Right. But he fed his spirit. And when the devil tempted him, what came out? Spirit and truth. The word came out. Why did the word come out? Because it was in him. If you yeah. never put something in you, it That's will never right. come out. Amen? Yeah. You can't be a doer of the word if you don't know the word. That's right. So you have to get in the word. You have to meditate in the word. Learn the word yeah. so that you can be a doer of the word. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have, to speak, we have to feed on God's word every single day. Yes. Brother Hagin used to say that, you know, uh, we feed our flesh three square meals and two snacks a day and we just feed our spirit a little snack so what's going to grow stronger i'm not talking about on the scale or size but i'm talking about who's going to have the most control the one that you feed in the murder the most and nourishing the most amen but as the word feeds your spirit the inward man begins to rise up and take dominion over the flesh over the soul and he starts controlling things. And that's what we want. We want to be a man in Christ because we're in control of our life then. Because our spirit is communicating with God. Yes. God is directing us. God is telling us what to do, what not to do. And our spirit is strong enough to receive that and then tell the flesh, no, this is what God says we're going to do. Not what you want to do. Amen? Amen. So... 
when Jesus feeds your spirit and you're in union with God, then, I mean, that's why he referred to us as a branch, he's the vine, because the vine is feeding the branch, nourishment and everything it needs to grow strong and produce fruit. And when that happens, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, yes. then you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Yes. Do you realize how powerful that is? Yes. But we have to be in him, yes. a man in Christ. We have to have his word living in us, abiding in us, dwelling in us. Yes. And then we can ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. Yes. But when we begin to communicate with God and our spirit is growing and, and our flesh is becoming or, or getting under the control of our spirit, then you'll, be, you'll begin to realize that, like the song says, you are what God says you are. Amen. You are who God says you yes. are. You can do what God says yes. you can do. And you can be what God says That's you right. can be. And it will come with a boldness and a confidence. Yes. Amen. Yes. The devil will try to condemn you, but you'll know better. Yes. Lord. Because you believe in the word of God. Amen. That's right. So when you're a man in Christ, your spirit will rise up, take authority over your mind, your will, and your emotions. Yes. And help you to control your flesh. Yes. I'm telling you, a man that's in control of his flesh is in control of his life. Yes, amen. And right. sometimes you have to deny the flesh. Yes. And, uh, you know, Pastor and I like to watch, you know, NCISs and cop movies and things. You know, we ain't into the, the gory details. Sometimes we just skip over them and just get the gist of the crime, and then we sit there and we figure it out. We try to stay one step ahead of, of uh, Agent Gibbs and, you know, all of that. And, and, and so we like that stuff. But, the, but, but what, what are we feeding? We're feeding the flesh. And so sometimes we say, listen, yeah. let's just read the word. Let's just quote our healing scriptures yeah. and not watch this. That's right. And when that happens, we're denying the flesh. Yeah. We're telling the flesh, no, you ain't, you're not getting entertained tonight. No. We're not entertaining no. you tonight. That's right. We're going to spend time in the word of God. Yes. That's feeding the spirit and denying the flesh, starving yeah. the flesh. And yeah. sometimes you just have to do that. That's why, you know, although fasting doesn't change God's mind or anything, fasting changes you. Because when you fast, you're denying the flesh saying, no, we ain't having no cheeseburger today. We're going to eat a, a bowl of broccoli. That's denying the flesh. That is buffeting the flesh. And trust me, it's buffeting the flesh because it's going to rise up. And it's going to fight against you. Amen? So you're... You know, when you're a man in Christ, your values begin to change. Your natural ways of thinking change. Your belief system changes. Yeah. And, and your belief system is everything because that's where your yeah. faith comes yeah. from. It comes from the heart. Yeah. Spoken or triggered when you speak it out of your mouth. Yes. And so our beliefs, if our belief system is wrong, our thoughts are going to be wrong. Our actions are going to be wrong. And our life is going to go in the wrong direction. So we have to have a good belief system. And there's no better place to get it except from the word of God. But you'll exercise that dominion over your natural man. And instead of being guided through life by your feelings and wants and desires and your flesh, you'll be guided by the spirit of God. And every need will be met because the spirit of God is going to lead you in the direction 
God is, is a God that sees the need in advance and provides yeah. for it. Amen. So whatever you need is going to be on that yes, path yes. that God has you following. Yes. It's called his will. Yes, sir. But for the remainder of our time, I want to talk to you about the fall of man and his redemption. That's what this is all about. Because if we don't understand this, we'll never understand who we are in Christ or what it is to be a man or woman in Christ. There's a lot of misunderstanding in this area because people have even asked us, why didn't God just replace Adam when he sinned and start over? And I, I think I answered that before. I said, because whoever he replaced him with would do the same thing. And so... Uh, uh, a lot of people feel it isn't fair that we had to account for Adam's sin. In other words, you know, we shouldn't be blamed for something we didn't do. We weren't responsible for what Adam did. And uh, so God shouldn't blame us for it. Well, God never did blame us. He put the blame where it belonged. Amen. You know, he, he blamed Eve and then he blamed Adam. But Adam was the, was the one that was responsible. So yes. it all fell on Adam. Yes. Amen? Yes. But let me ask you a question. This is a wonderful example. See, we, we really just inherited what was in Adam because he was our father. He was the father of the human race. Yes. But let me ask you this question. Did you get to choose your parents? No. Did you get to choose where you were born? No. Uh, why? Because it was your parents' choice, number one, to have you. And sometimes it wasn't their choice, but once you were conceived, it was their choice to keep you. And it was also their choice where to live and where you would ultimately be born at. I was born to Philip and Angeline Lacasio slash Brunzo in Chicago, Illinois. I didn't have no say-so in there. I didn't have no choice because I was in my parents. If I wasn't in my mother yet, I was in my father's loins. And if I wasn't in his loins, I was in my mother. So I was in my parents, and that's where they decided to live. So they could have moved anywhere they wanted to, and that's where I would have been born at. I had no control over that. But when they decided to live in Chicago, their decision affected me. Like it or not, it affected me. Everything my parents did affected me and my siblings. Uh, whatever was in my parents, I inherited. My DNA, my blood type, my national origin, all came from my parents, and in some cases, even hereditary diseases and curses that were passed down through my parents, if there were any, and if they were some, and when I become a man in Christ and realize the authority and the dominion I had, then I cursed the curses. Right. Amen? Yes. And Christ redeemed us from the curse yes. of the yes. law because he became a curse for us. For yes. cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. But the point is this. Our parents made decisions that affected me and my siblings. Yes. And uh, it affected where we were born, when we were born, the place we were born, and, and the way that we were raised. That was all their decision. I had no say-so over that. And all the decisions they made had certain results and consequences that were passed on to me. Right. 
And many times people think when they disobey God, it only affects them. But no, it affects you. It affects your children. Yes. And it affects future generations that are in your children. Yes. Everyone in the entire human race originated from the Garden of Eden, from the first man, Adam, and his wife, Eve. Everybody. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. Everyone on earth, past, present, and future, are born through Adam's lineage. We're in Adam's genealogy. We're in Adam's, we have his DNA. And, and we didn't have a choice. So God created Adam in perfection. God never created anything in chaos or anything that wasn't perfect. Right. And that includes Adam. When he created Adam, he created him perfect. Adam was designed and created to live forever. Even when he sinned and died spiritually, it took the devil over 900 years to kill him because that's how perfect his body was. But without sin, he would have lived forever. So God created Adam in perfection in a state of righteousness and holiness because that's what he intended for us to live in. He had direct personal fellowship with him and was given dominion over all the works of God's hand. God made them just the way he wanted everyone else to be perfect, complete, and with dominion. When Adam sinned, he died spiritually and messed everything up. We had no choice. That was his decision, his right. choice. Yes. But because we were in him, yes. it affected us. Yes. It caused him to break fellowship, and when he did, he lost that connection with God, and Adam passed from life unto death. Yes. Mark Hankins, in his book called Paul's System of Truth, which this series I'm preaching was inspired by most of that, he said this, you were, born, you were not born in the condition Adam was created in. Right. You were born in the condition he passed on a fallen condition a spiritually dead condition that's what you were born into because that was Adam's legacy that's what he passed down to us now you might not think it's fair but that's only because you don't know what I'm about to tell you when we were in Bible college I can remember one particular class called redemptive realities with an instructor by the name of Bill McNeese. You remember that class? Yes. He was teaching on this very subject, the fall and redemption of man. That's why it was called redemptive realities, because it gave us a realization of what redemption brought to us yes. and what it meant to be a man or a woman in Christ. And how Adam's sin was passed down to mankind, and he used the most amazing illustration I ever heard in my life. And I don't know if I ever used it in here or not. If I did, I apologize, but it's worth repeating. But back then, they were using cassette tapes. Remember cassette tapes? Some of y'all remember eight-track tapes, but cassette tapes. And they were using them to record all the classes, because afterwards, you know, you just couldn't, you just couldn't learn everything by taking notes. And sometimes the classes were so good, you purchased the tapes afterwards so you could listen to them again and, and study them later further. Uh, 
But we used to record tapes in this church too. We had a machine back there, as a matter of fact, where you could duplicate tapes very quickly. You know, it had one slot where you put the master tape, yeah. the one you recorded, uh, in, and then it had, you could get two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty tapes. So you could get any size machine you want. I think ours did two or four at a time. But you'd put in the master tape and then four blank tapes, hit the start button, and it would start moving really quick, like it was rewinding. But what it was doing was taking what was on the master and duplicating it on the blank tapes. And that was real good, you know, and then we'd give the tapes away or sell them. I don't remember exactly what we did with them. Uh, now we've got CDs. We do CDs. And then you can even go further and put it on a, what do they call it, chain drive or whatever. But uh, in a matter of minutes, you'd have duplicates. But those copies would be exact duplicates of the master. Yeah. So the same information, the same defects and sounds that are on the master are duplicated identically on the copies. Yes. So if there's a flaw in the master, that same flaw will be reproduced yes. in the copies. Yes. yes. But on the other hand, if the master is perfect, uh -huh. then that will be transferred to the copies and the copies will be perfect. Yes. Yes. Now, Adam was the father of all mankind, the progenitor of the entire human race. Yes. He was an archetype of the human race. And an archetype, not an architect, an archetype is an original. It's a master that has been imitated or duplicated. Mm. I'm not making this up. Look it up. God did not create the entire human race all at once. Now, angels are created beings. Maybe he did that. Maybe he created thousands at one time. I don't know. But he did not do the human race that way. He created one man and one woman yes. and gave them the ability to reproduce. Yes. God let Adam procreate his entire family. And God put into Adam everything that the whole human race would ever need or desire, including dominion over the works of his hand or everything he created. So God made Adam the master tape, if you will, yes. or CD, after which all mankind would be duplicated from. Isn't this good? So when Adam sinned, the, the, the master developed a defect. The master developed a flaw. Sin, sickness, spiritual death, physical death, depression, disobedience, confusion, oppression, everything that you can think of were all defects and flaws that were in the master. So the master was making copies with all of his defects and flaws. So Adam and Eve is, begins to reproduce and make copies. And like I said, these copies were duplicated with the same flaws and defects that the master had. Uh -huh. And then they were distributed all over the world mm -hmm. from this day, from that day till now and even beyond. Mm -hmm. Everyone that is born is born into this world with the same defects that the master had because Adam was a flawed master 
producing and duplicating the same defects and flaws in everyone that was born. And we didn't have a choice. Now back in the day when we were duplicating tapes and discovered that the master had a defect in it, which happened quite often because I was always saying something I shouldn't have said, we could just edit that master and remove that part of it. And of course it wasn't professional, it was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it blended and, and but now Daryl has a way of doing the CDs where he can just make it look smooth, you know, and smooth it over. But back then it wasn't like that, you know, but uh, we would just edit the master and remove the flaw and then rerun the flawed tapes. That's what was great about the tapes. You could tape over them, yeah. a do-over. And whatever was on the new master would override the old copy and make a new copy out of it with all the new upgrades in the master or whatever. So here's the dilemma. I, I don't even like to say that. I, I was going to say here's the dilemma that God had, but God never had a dilemma. It, it's right. a dilemma to us, but God knew what was going on. That's right. But here, here's the question. What is God going to do with all these bad copies? They're all over the world, billions of them since Adam and Eve. Come on. Well, what he decided to do was make a new master. There it is. So he allows his only begotten son to, to become a man. Now, this is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, not Adam. Adam was his son, but this is his begotten son now. Yes. And he allowed him to become a man, live a perfect life, die in our place as our substitute, be buried and then resurrected as a new master without flaws or defects. Yes, hallelujah. So when you're born again, you're put into the duplicating machine, but now instead of the master being Adam and flawed with defects, it's Jesus Christ. Amen. And when God hit that start button, Everything that was in Jesus went into you. Yes. And you became a new creature in Christ. Yes. New creation. Not a not a do-over of flaws, but the old was removed. Behold, all things become new. You became yes. a brand new copy. Ooh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If with the modern day forensics, you know, they can take these tapes and even though they were erased, they can still get in from mm -mm. No information on them about your past. Amen. Everything was made new. Come on. So when you get on this machine, the redemptive power of Christ's death and resurrection erases completely and overrides your whole old condition, and you become a new, a new yes. copy based on the new master. Yes. Isn't that good? Yes, it is. When Adam was a master, you passed from life to death. But uh -huh. with Christ, the new master, you passed from death to life. Yes. You have now become a man or a woman in Christ. Yes. The same law that allowed one man, the first Adam, to affect every man is the same law that allowed Jesus Christ, the last Adam, to take the first Adam's condition of sin, the curse, the shame, the condemnation, yeah. and the death, and erase it and override it and give you a whole new person. Oh, you become a new 
creature, not a yes. rebuilt, not a rejuvenated, not a renovated, but a brand new creature. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, a man in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm no longer subject to that law of yes. sin and death. Yes. I'm subject to a new life now, Amen. and that's the life yes. of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Then in Romans 5, 17, it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So remember I said sometimes there's things we don't understand and one of them is why didn't God just make a do-over of Adam and Eve and all of this? And, and sometimes God has to establish some things. He has to set precedence. Yes. And so by him allowing us to become what was in Adam, yes. set precedence for this future date when Christ would come, the new master, and it, got, it, it gave God precedence and the legal ability to take us and put us into Christ and, and be duplicated in Christ just like we were in Adam. Yeah. If he didn't establish that in the beginning, he could have never did it when he when Jesus went to the cross. Right. It's just like Abraham. Uh, when he when he had that ram in the bush, he was willing to kill his only son. God was setting precedence for yes, when he was, was going to kill his only son. Yes. And without setting precedence with Abraham, God wouldn't have been able to do it legally. And, and we think, well, God can do anything he wants. No, he can't. He has to operate within the confines of his word. And he has to operate according to the legalities yes. of the earth. Yes. And whatever legalities Adam had to obey as the ruler of the earth, uh, Jesus had to obey as the ruler of the earth. He couldn't override what was already established. And he couldn't, uh, he couldn't do something that didn't have precedence right. for it. Amen. And so there's reasons God does things even though we don't understand them. And then verse 18 says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. So Adam, uh, Adam put some bad things in us, but Christ was able to override them, put some better things in, in us Amen. under the same law that Adam did, except Adam did it under the law of sin and death. Christ did it under the law of life. Amen. Amen. In verse 19, it says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. righteous. Hallelujah. We were made righteous. Yes, we were. Does it sound fair now, what God did with Adam? If we inherited everything Adam passed on, then that made it legal and fair for us to be able to inherit everything Jesus passed on to replace what Adam passed on. Yes. And this happened when we were born again. Yes. Man's condition cannot be corrected by religion yes. or a bunch of do's and don'ts and good works. Yes. There's millions of religions. 
none of them are going to get anybody to heaven. It must be corrected. Man's condition must be corrected by uh, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship uh, is established when we become born again. Yes. And we're reconnected with God. Jeremiah posed this question. He says, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then neither can you also do good that are accustomed to doing evil. We can't. Uh, whatever you were born, you can't change. You didn't have a choice. A leopard can't change his spots. You don't have a choice. A person that's accustomed to doing evil can't all of a sudden become start doing good but God can God can change you and God can change the spots on a leopard and God can change you from doing evil to good and he can do it just like that with the new birth thank you Lord man is a sinner by nature we were born into sin and that's why like I said before you don't have to teach children how to be bad they can do bad all by themselves. Right. No education on bad. Yes. No teaching or indoctrination on bad. Right. They come into the world knowing how to do bad. Yes. They come into the world knowing how to misbehave and disrespect yes. and dishonor people and things. Yes. They have to be taught. Yes. And the rod of correction teaches them pretty well. Yes. But even though man is a sinner by nature, God can change that. And he did it through the new birth. That's why Jesus said, hey, hey, Nicodemus, you know, you're just talking rhetoric. Don't even, don't even go there. He says, you must be born again. Yes. That's the answer, he yes. said. You can think all you want. And Nicodemus was a religious man. Yes, he was. But he still came to Jesus by night. Yes. So he had some issues. But Jesus knew what he was really seeking because Jesus looked on his heart. He said, Nicodemus, let's get to the bottom line. You must be born again. There, there is no other choice. Amen. There is no other way. That's right. If you ever want to go to heaven, you ever want to see uh, uh, some loved ones that went on before you, you better be born again or yes. you're not going and you'll never yes. see them again. Amen. Amen. Yes. You must be born again. Yes. And Jesus even said, from above. Why? Because there's two births. Water and blood. Uh, our water and the spirit. So, you know, you're born, when you're born into the world, you're born of water. That's why a woman has a water bag that breaks and you're born. Amen? That's your water birth. But then Jesus said, you must be born again from above. You must have a spiritual birth. And that's the new birth. That's when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if a person is going to get out of Adam and into Christ, he has to be born again. He has to lose his identity with Adam, and he has to receive a new identity with Christ. He has to put off Adam's old nature of sin and death, and he has to put on the new nature of his father God, which is love and joy and peace and and long-suffering and and no condemnation and all compassion and all these things. 
The old passes away, behold, all things become new. Unless that happens, you are not a man or a woman in Christ. Yes. You never will be a man or woman in Christ until you're born again. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we have, we're born again, we have a new identity in our new master, yes. Jesus Christ, the last Adam. So Christ, the last Adam, restored and redeemed everything the first Adam lost. We have to remember that. We have to recognize that. We have to get a revelation of that in order for us to know who we are in Christ and who he is in us. Because it says all things. Yes. You know, we pick and choose what we want to keep and what we want to lose. And when yeah. we choose and pick how how much we want to be like God, you know, uh -huh. well, I, I, I don't mind this, I don't mind that, the tithing part, I don't like that, uh -huh. I don't like this, I don't like, no. It's all or none. Yes. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You're either in Christ or you're out of him. That's you can't right. have one foot in and one foot out. That's right. Just in case. You step, when you're born again, your spirit becomes alive. It reconnects with God the Father. You begin to communicate again, just like Adam did. You can walk with God, and you can talk with God, and you can ask him questions through prayer, and he answers you. You step out of one world, the kingdom of darkness, and you step into another world, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son. Yes, hallelujah. We have to realize what God yes. did for us Glory. in order to appreciate who he made us Thank and who we are. Yes. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, a man in Christ, a woman in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. How many? All, All. old things. If it's old, if it came from Adam, it passed away. Yes, yes. Behold, all things are become new. new. Yes. God can change a man, and he can change the spots on a leper. Yes, amen. He can change a man who did evil into a man that begins to do good. Just look at yes. Saul, who became Paul. This is a man or a woman in Christ. Yes. This is who you are. Yes. I don't care who, what your parents told you you were or your teacher told you you were or Hollywood or Disneyland told you who you were, or the book that you read told you who you were, you're a, if you're born again, you're a man or a woman in Christ. Yes, yes. You're valuable to God. Yes, you are a person of yes, worth. Glory. And God looked at Israel and said, Israel is the apple of my eye. Yes. We're spiritual Israel. When yes. God sees us, it's like a glimmer, a, 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 a sparkle in his eye. He said, that's the apple of my eye right there. Amen. My recreated person. My recreated spirit. Hallelujah. See, we're a new creation in Christ. Yes. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes. The life of God is in you now. Yes, it is. His nature is in you. His love yes. is in you. His compassion yes. is in you. His will and his desires are in you. Yes. And it all comes from the Spirit. Yes. Zoe, life is in me. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. And some people say, well, I've never felt like that. I've never felt righteous. Then you don't know who you are in Christ. Amen. As soon as you realize that, you'll realize. Yes. Uh, this is the word of God, right? Yes. He says, yes. you know, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. yes. If God said it, it's true. Yes. 
whether you feel it or you don't feel it. That's right. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. That means you are in right standing with your father, yes. just like Adam was in the beginning. Thank and you, uh, yes. even though Adam fell and we fell with him, when Christ died, we died. Thank when you. he was buried, we were buried. Yes. When he rose, we rose. Thank what he Lord. became, we became. Yes. Period. Yes. End of the sentence. Hallelujah. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes. You are somebody that's valuable to God. Yes. And when you talk to your father, he listens. Yes, he does. When you have a need, he meets it. Yes. Don't make excuses for it. Don't say if it be thy will. Know his will. That's yes. right. Read his word. Find yes. out what his will yes. is. Yes, Lord. And then just say, just claim it and say, God, I need healing. Yes. My body is broken. Yes. I got this wrong and that wrong. And your word said that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. Yes. So I'm healed. Hallelujah. Period. Thank you, Lord. Don't let nobody talk you out of it. Yes. Your word says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes. Your word says for me to come boldly before your throne of grace and receive grace and mercy in my time of need. It means that I can yes. come boldly before your throne of grace. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't need to have permission. I don't need to sneak up on you. I can come right in the front door and come boldly before your throne of grace. Yes, hallelujah. And receive grace and mercy. Receive the things that I need. Yes. You said that this is a confidence I can have when I ask things according to your will. You hear me. Yes. Not once in a while, every time you yes. hear me. Yes, you do. Yes. And if I know that you hear me, I know that yes. I'll have the, peti yes. the petitions that I desire of you. Yes. yes, amen. You're a child of the Most High God. Yes, amen. you are. God is your Father. Yes. yes. God is your source yes. for everything. Yes. Yeah, He may use some resources down here, but don't look to the resources, That's look right. to the source. Yes, amen. And. If he provides through a resource like your job, so be it. But God can plant a money tree in your backyard if he wants to. Don't look for it, but if he wanted to, he'll get the provision to you any way he wants. Keith Moore used to say, I don't care if he has to send it to your house with the dogs in a brown paper bag in a dog's mouth. God will get it to you. Yes, he will. Amen. Amen. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes. That's a man or a woman in Christ. Amen. I don't want to be in anything else. Amen. I don't want to ever leave my position in Christ. Amen. Because when I became a man in Christ, he seated me together with him in heavenly places. Yes. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One minister said, then why do you look up when you pray? Well, where am I supposed to look? He said, if you're seated at the right hand of God in heavenly right. places with Christ, you look to the side. Yes. Hallelujah. You say, Jesus, not Jesus. See, when you look up, you're earthly minded. When you look to the side, you're heavenly minded. Hallelujah. I got to quit. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Father, we thank you and praise you. We yes. give you glory yes. and honor. You are a wonderful God. You are yes. so, so smart. You yes. are way beyond genius hallelujah you know everything lord and everything you do is with purpose 
You knew exactly what you was doing when you created Adam. You knew exactly what he was going to do. And you already had a plan. And that plan included you bruising your son and being pleased with bruising your son because you could see the big picture. You treated your own son, Jesus, like a seed and you planted him in the ground. But look at the harvest it produced. Thank God you had the big picture. Hallelujah. Thank God you're so smart. Thank God that you loved us so much you were willing to do whatever it took to get us back to you. Thank you, Lord. And if it meant if it meant making a new master, that's exactly what you did. Hallelujah. So we're made in the image and likeness of you because we were copied from a perfect, flawless master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank, Thank you, Lord, you, for your great love. Yes. We appreciate and love you so, so much. Yes, we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I ask you to meet every need in this place. Yes, Lord. Lord, we all have, well, not all, but some of us have some upcoming events. Yes. We're going to need you to be with us. Yes. But we know you're with us because we're in you and you're in us. So yes. Wherever we go, God, we know that Thank you're you, there Lord. with us. Jesus, the healer, the great Thank physician, you, according to 1526, yes. the Lord that heals is there with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The God who who saves and delivers us with us. Yes. The God who uh, delivers us from our destructions is with us. The God who meets every need is with us. So we ask you to manifest yourself and we thank you and praise you in advance because we know that you will because you're that kind of God. We give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I know it was a lot of teaching today, but I think it was simple enough that we understand now. You begin making some confessions that I'm a person in Christ. I'm a man in Christ. I'm a woman in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the love of God in me, the yes. compassion of God in me. Start saying who God says you are Amen. and get rid of all the junk that everybody else ever yes. told you you are or were. Yes. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. We'll see you in a week or so. Uh, Brother Darrell will be filling in for us Wednesday and Sunday for sure. Yes. And wait a minute. Let me see. Wednesday and Sunday. This Sunday. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, Sunday, and Wednesday. Yes. And then we'll be back after that. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.